From the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with Leva President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vale. Glad to have you joining us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. You can learn more at GoCurrency.com. But as we are uh, chatting today, or a few days after November 8th, the midterm elections, um, still got a few ballots to count uh, across the country. Several races outside of Nebraska. It could be, well, we've got Georgia in the Senate. It's going to be at least a month. So, yeah, it's uh, just it's, what, what do you think? <laughs> well, I think it's wild that here we sit at the end of the week and there's so many races around the country that can't be that aren't counted and we don't know the results yet. Um, that's always fascinating to me. I joked uh, with some friends that uh, maybe we should get the people that run the Chick-fil-A drive through <laughs> to count the ballots. They'd be done by 10 o'clock and they'd have chicken sandwiches ready for everybody. So yeah. um, but I mean, here locally, uh it was it was kind of an interesting evening to watch the results as they came in and and uh it's it's fun on election night to have friends that are texting you uh asking questions and different things and the the biggest thing I always tell candidates on election night is don't get too high or too low with any one set of results until we get to kind of that final end of the night that we know they've all been counted because um a lot of races shifted pretty significantly over the course of the night because generally the the early votes come in, you know, the absentee ballots, early votes, whatever we want to call them, mail-in. Those come in kind of first. And so um, it's pretty obvious when you look at the results that the the Democrat Party has done a really good job of early voting and turning their people out that way. And then throughout the night... You know, there's that old adage that Republicans vote on Election Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that that's really what we saw. Um, you know, we saw a lot of races that were way upside down for who eventually became the winner. You know, I'll, I'll use Mike Flood as a good example. You know, when those first results came out, he was down 15 points, you know, and he ends up winning by 17 points or whatever it was. So... It it's always good on that evening to just kind of tap the brakes a little bit. Don't get too emotional about one set of results. You know, once you get to ten o'clock, if you're still down huge, that means you're and not making a big advancement or ten or ten thirty. Then then that's more of an indicator. But the throughout the night, we just gotta wait and watch them come in. One of the th- numbers that uh, we don't pay enough attention to, especially early, is the precinct reporting and whether they're partial or full. And that's a huge difference when it's only a partial because that just tells you uh, there's, and, and you don't know because they're not identified, uh, but a, a, a given precinct can make a huge difference in uh, uh, an update. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's 198 precincts in Lancaster County. So there's a lot of them. Some of them, voter turnout's way higher. Some of them, it's way lower. And you know, you can look at different parts of town. Generally speaking, Northwest Lincoln um, has a lot lower turnout than Southeast Lincoln or the other parts of the county. So, you know, a county, I look at sometimes in our city races, 
in that Northwest City Council District, uh, which has Capitol Beach and Fallbrook and all that, those two candidates generally combined will have less votes total than one of the two candidates that run in Southeast Lincoln. So that tells you right there, just from a voter turnout perspective, that's kind of, that's why those precincts are so different because you just never know. Yeah, that's true. All three of the uh, ballot initiatives or the constitutional amendment, the two uh, initiatives passed um, fairly significantly. Yeah, I I wasn't sure about the the one related to airports, which we've talked about here on the podcast pretty pretty extensively. I wasn't sure how that one would go, but um, but it went pretty overwhelmingly because you know that's something that's really near and dear here in Lincoln. Um, but that group uh, apparently did a really good job of getting people out and, and getting them to vote for that. So that's good for our airport. Uh, we'll see great things coming out of the Lincoln Airport for that. As we kind of, you and I talked off the podcast pretty frequently, um, the minimum wage passed pretty significantly. Um, now it's going to be the, up to the legislature to go through and work through the implementation phase. And I'm sure we'll... We'll try to talk to them about maybe some different ways. You know, Ansley, when she was on here, talked about, you know, maybe there's a, a training wage or something just that, that can be part of that process to help us train young workers. Now, is this something that will be done by the legislature, these rules? I, I mean, the 1050 goes into, uh, what is it, 1050 goes into effect January 1st. Yes. So the minimum wage will be that, but then there can be adjustments, I think, that the legislature okay. can make and... And I don't know, I've I've heard there's some people that think that there's some problems with the language, so we'll see if anything comes up from that. All right, and of course, voter ID also passed. So Voter ID's been one that people have talked about for a long time in Nebraska, and I mean, like I said, I kind of expected voter ID and minimum wage to pass. I wasn't sure on the airport, but I thought that might be a, uh, had a pretty good chance. So I don't know, it, it seems odd that all three initiatives get yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially given uh, the initiative uh, historical um, activity here in the state. Well, uh, we'll get the final numbers uh, here in a matter of weeks. Uh, it'll be uh, the canvassing boards will uh, put their final approval on it. Then maybe uh, we should do a deep dive. Yeah, I think that'd be good. There's a lot of numbers. To, there's a lot of numbers. I've got sheets and sheets of numbers, and I've been looking at them pretty extensively. We're headed into the holiday season, but it's also a time when people start to look at budgets. They look at expenses. They look at uh, all of this stuff. And a lot of people uh, may be looking at uh, earning a little extra money. Uh, and with a extremely low unemployment rate, um, what's the, what's the 30,000 view of a worker or someone, anyone, trying to get a little more cash in their pocket? Well, it, this is a... Something that people I've heard refer to quite a bit recently in the last several years, and that's called side hustles, um, which I think is always interesting. <laughs> you know, you and I was just saying, hey, I'm getting a part time job for the holidays, right? We yeah. we didn't have any fancy name for it, but um, as the holiday approaches, you know, like you said, a lot of full time workers, you know, with inflation and pricing that we've seen and all those things, um, have been doing more of these side hustles or finding something outside. Which is kind of fascinating to see that uh, we're seeing kind of more of a more of an impact of people doing that this year. It's interesting too that uh, we're seeing a little bit of generational 
uh, difference in there from the from what you would think the traditional part time or side hustle job might be working in retail or something like that. But some of the younger people are looking for uh, what they I think they refer to it as a, a gig job or something like that. You know, they're out there in the uh, gigabit. Uh, um, <laughs> it's always fascinating to see uh, what different people call them a side hustle, part time, a gig, you gig know, work. gig work, and all that kind of thing. So. Uh, you know, every generation has their own little little way that they do that. One of the industries that was hard hit, very, very hard hit by the pandemic was hospitality. I, I wonder how many in the hospitality uh, industry are looking for part-time work. You know, restaurants, a lot of banquets and parties and things like that. What, uh, what It, it that seems mean? like there's a lot of people in those areas that are really kind of diving into those and looking what, what else there might be, you know. Uh, some of those hospitality jobs. I mean, we've seen hours in local restaurants. They've they're not open during the day as much. They're open from like four to nine, four to ten type of thing. So it opens up that opportunity for them to go out and do something else, you know, during that other time, just to be able to do that. So, um, you know, unemployment nationally is at three point seven percent. So there's a lot of people out there looking for for people to come in, and I I found it interesting. Uh, in this article that that I had shared with you when we were prepping for the podcast, uh, nearly three-quarters of workers said they need additional work to make enough income due to inflation. And, you know, we talked about that minimum wage, and we've talked about the impact. And so, you know, inflation's having a a pretty big impact. We've talked about how wages are upside down with what people are earning compared to inflation. So we'll have to wait and see kind of how that works out, but... Uh, you know, they're using a lot of these websites. I know I saw in there that uh, in the October survey, uh, more than 1,700 U.S.-based employees uh, by job search website on monster.com, things like that. So it's it's very fascinating to see where this is going to go and, and how it's going to come through. Of course, you've got those that are traditionally going into the holiday season looking for part-time. You've got the warehouse uh, workers. You've got the delivery services, FedEx, UPS. I mean, it's not going to be long and we're going to be seeing uh, those UPS and FedEx trucks with two people in them, you know, so that they can uh, run and, and uh, <laughs> double up. Getting Jump out with that box and run while I flip the car around kind of thing or, or something. Or you've got, you know. you know, one deliver to one house, one deliver across the yeah. street, and, and you see that. But uh, the the gig work is, is always a fascinating one to me because I've done a little bit of that. But then to uh, just here this week that uh, one of the biggest gig companies in the world laying off 11,000 Meta, the parent of Facebook. Yeah, I, I've i been intrigued by what's going on there. And they had announced, and, and that was what, about 20% of their workforce, I think, something, or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty big deal because they've grown in that technology sector seems to be one that's really been thriving. But um, it kind of tells you that that business is struggling too. So, uh, you know, this is a an intriguing time of what we're going into as we look at 2023. It'd be interesting to know whether inflation has affected them like it has all the rest of us. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I have, I own my own business. I work in politics and, you know, advertising on Facebook has been a, become a big thing. But it's been harder and harder, and they've made it harder and harder. And I think there's a little more competition in that digital advertising space, too. Um, so 
I don't know that they've adjusted as the industry has grown. Well, and they're being challenged on the delivery of that advertising. Correct. And the effectiveness. So, Well, this will be another one for us to uh, chat about at some point in the future. But I do want to take a uh, just a quick uh, note here. Uh, we're going to have a uh, new senator, new uh, U.S. senator, probably in January, it looks like, as uh, Ben Sass has been named the 13th president of the University of Florida down in Gainesville, so he'll be resigning his seat. Uh, sounds like January, and we've got a new governor going in, so, you know, here we go. All kinds of moving parts, but yeah, I mean, there was there was a lot of speculation that Senator Sass was going to move on and, and go to the University of Florida. That, that just came this week, the final vote. Um, got quite a pay raise, too, by the way, you might want to add. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> not many times you could take your salary and and take it five times for your next job. But um, but so what he said pretty publicly is he's going to finish out this session, which goes to the end of the year, um, and then he is going to resign the first week of January, which then starts that 45-day clock for the governor to make the appointment. Uh, which means, and I think it's January 4th when uh, Jim Pillen will be uh, sworn in as governor. And so that's right at that time when Senator Sass is going to resign. So, you know, Governor Pillen's going to have to jump right in and make an appointment right away. And generally the governor, when the gov- there's an opening, governors will take applications, they'll ask people for uh, to share interest, and then they'll conduct some interviews, and then at that point they'll... They'll make that, but I would think that Governor Pillen's going to want to uh, going to want to jump on that pretty quickly because I think the the Senate starts about mid uh, mid January is when they come back to session after the first year, and we obviously want to have Nebraska represented, especially if there is a change in the uh, majority, and we'll know that by that time. Well, we hope. <laughs> as slow as the results are coming in, you never know. But yes, we should know who's going to be in the majority. Um, it's going to be really tight. Looking at those few races that are still out there that need to be called, I think last I looked, 97 of the 100 races are are kind of figured out. We're going to have a runoff election in Georgia in December, so that'll be one of them. So there's a couple of them out there still to to see where it goes. In our deep dive segment coming up, we're going to talk a little more about the holidays, but from a shopping standpoint, and uh, we're going to welcome a guest. Yeah, it's always fun when we can get a guest to come in. Uh, we've got James, Jim Ballard, who uh, he and his wife Barb own James Arthur Vineyards and from Nebraska Gift Shop. So they've got kind of a couple of different perspectives from their businesses um, on holidays and shopping local. So we know that I'm a big advocate for shop local and don't shop online for the holidays. So uh, unless, it'll be great to have Jim there. Unless the local business has a really good website that you can shop. And I, I, you know what? I do use from Nebraska quite a bit to send gifts to friends outside of the state. Yeah, so absolutely. I like to share those Nebraska products around the country. That is fully allowed. Yeah, so, absolutely. We'll uh, have Jim in here in just a moment. In the meantime, uh, do you need help finding reliable financing options for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment for your business? Well, Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the most competitive financing options for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, trailers, and other big-ticket items. And whether you're replacing old machines or expanding your fleet, Currency makes it easy to get financing. It's secure, free to use, and it gives you a single point of contact for the entire process. 
Visit GoCurrency.com, fill out the application. Currency will automatically find a lender offering the best rates and terms. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com and apply today. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC. Doing business as currency, pursuant to CFL License 60-DBO-54873. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Glad to have you back on the Lincoln Business Beat. Uh, going into the holiday season, with, you know, big money spent shopping here, shopping there, but so easy to go online and uh, have it delivered, but there's a reason that we may be missing here to consider shopping more local, especially this year. We've got uh, inflationary issues, but small business is really the backbone of a community um, for a number of reasons, employment, tax base, sales tax, all of that. So we brought somebody in that knows more about it than you and I. Well, and the thing about it, too, for me is those small local businesses are the ones that are, well, supporting LIBA, and they're supporting other organizations in the community. They're supporting youth activities. They're supporting the arts. They're doing all these things. They're the ones that when your church is having a, an auction or your school or something like that, they're donating the gift baskets and all that kind of thing. So those other online ones aren't. So uh, we're getting close. Uh, I don't. Really participate in Black Friday mainly because I don't like to get up in the middle of the night to go shopping because I'm not a big shopper. But I love Small Business Saturday, and I have I try to be my own economic uh, boost to the city on Small Business Saturday. But we so, thought we'd start. So, to... so your your nickname there is Economic Development <clears throat> Bud. Correct, <laughs> boosting the economy. I love to do that on uh, on Small Business Saturday and support our members, but. I wanted to bring in Jim Ballard, and Jim and his wife, Barb, have got two great local businesses that are always supporting the community. And it's, you know, whether it's an auction or getting involved in the community or hosting things, they have all kinds of things going on. So they actually have James Arthur Vineyards and From Nebraska Gift Shop downtown. And if you haven't been to From Nebraska Gift Shop, they've got everything from wine to cheese, to meat, to any kind of things made in Nebraska or Nebraska-based. So, Jim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. We're glad to have you. So tell us, let's start with uh, James Arthur Vineyard. Tell us a little bit about James Arthur Vineyard and the backstory and the things that you guys do, because there's a lot that you guys do out there. You don't just uh, produce wine. We don't. And and first of all, you guys hit the nail on the head with small business. I mean, uh, 
small business is the lifeblood of a community, I think. And I've always said that. And, and like you said, you know, we've had people come in and say, well, I can, I can buy this online or I can go online and get that. And I say, go right ahead. But just because it's cheaper doesn't mean, you know, you're getting a better deal because we have other costs. We have brick and mortar that we have to take care of. And that maybe is why it's a little bit more expensive. But like you said, bud, we're the ones that are donating to all the local charities. We're involved in the community. And that's so important. And if you see a strong community, you're going to see a great um, local uh, business-based community as well. But uh, yeah, to go back to James Arthur Vineyards, we just celebrated our 25th anniversary this past September. So we've been in business 25 years, been growing grapes for about almost 30 years out there. And, uh, you know, I learned early on, uh, we sell wine. People want to come out. They want to try Nebraska wine. They want to see the grapes being grown. But really what we sell at James Arthur Vineyards is an experience. And uh, we want to give everybody the best possible experience. And the wine's part of that experience. The special events are part of that. The tours are part of that. You know, small groups that come out and and do their uh, bridal showers and, and their prenuptial dinners and their business meetings. That's all an experience that's provided uh that we provide out there. So yeah, we sell wine, but really what we're selling is a great experience. And, uh, both Barb and I are basically born and raised in Nebraska and we really love Nebraska and we love telling our story and uh, why we stayed in Nebraska. Well, and you guys have ventured a little bit beyond just wine. Tell us about that. We, we do hard cider as well. And that goes back to, uh, my father-in-law, James Arthur Jeffers, uh, retired and bought that land out there. And, uh, originally he was going to do a UPIC apple program. And so he planted a number of apple trees, and then he had this crazy son-in-law come along and say, hey, hey, let's put some grapevines in and see what happens. And <laughs> and uh, one thing led to another, and here we are 25 years later. But those apple trees uh, were, still, were still out there. They're still producing apples, and basically we're just giving them away. People come out. I, I ate a lot of apple pie and a lot of apple uh, strudel and apple uh, whatever. Well, because... the worst it could have been is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> this is a rough life Jim's living it, out there, it isn't it? I I feel for you. I don't think that's really true. No, <laughs> no, because we, we, we didn't charge anybody for the apples, and that's how they paid us back is they baked all sort of these wonderful things. But anyway, about six, seven years ago, hard cider was, was starting to become more and more popular thanks to Angry Orchard and some of those other brands out there and so we thought we got the apples we know how to make uh, apple wine which is basically what cider is carbonated and so we started doing apple cider uh, hard apple cider about six seven years ago uh, we call it curveball cider and so we have a lot of fun with that as well awesome that's and that's a that's kind of a cool business story right there because first of all you had this idea to grow grapes and here you are 25 years later and you sustained that which is a big deal um, because being a small business owner it's you know, that first year is tough, the second year is tough, the third year. And, and I mean, it, it, there's always your, your, your difficulties, but to get that and then to look at ways to expand your business and take sure. advantage of those opportunities. I know that um, there's a lot of people. You guys were kind of on the leading edge in Lincoln and getting into the cider business, um, and now some others are following suit. So, and, hey, you got the apples, right? That's right. And we're always looking for new markets. I mean, as new as competition comes on board, um, you know, you lose a little bit of your market share. You always got to be looking at new things, different things, whether it's doing hard cider or doing different events. Um, you know, there's always expansion opportunities. And so we're looking at a few of those possibilities as well down the road. But um, you can never rest on your laurels. And you're right. It's it's uh, 
it's tough those first few, few years, and a lot of people don't realize that they look at small businesses and both with our store downtown and at the winery, and you know all they see is the people out there and everybody having a good time and and the wine being bought and sold. But there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that people have no idea about. And if this was easy, everybody would be doing it. No so, kidding. Uh, you know, the, making the sausage is the hardest that's part, right. right? Everybody enjoys it, but that's right. Nobody sees how it's made. So, so tell us about from Nebraska Gift Shop because it's just you guys are in two really different markets, I would say, or different industries. So, um, tell us a little bit about more about uh, from Nebraska Gift Shop. Sure. We actually have owned the From Nebraska gift shop for about eight years now. It's a 30-year-plus business uh, that we bought from the owner. She started it about 30-some years ago. And what I was doing is about eight years ago, we were looking for a place to do a uh, do our wine, to have a uh, extension from our winery. By law, we can have five different outlets. And I was looking at a different outlet for us. And about that time was when the arena was coming up and a lot of things were happening in the hay market. And I thought that would be a great place for us to be. And just by happenstance, one thing led to another. Instead of getting a re, uh, uh, an outlet for our store, we, we actually bought a whole store from Nebraska Gift Shop. And the Instead concept, of finding an outlet, we'll just buy a store. <laughs> there we go. The concept is incredibly uh, simple, but it, it works. It's just anything about Nebraska, from Nebraska, made in Nebraska, we sell it at that store. And uh, my wife, Barb, is down there probably 99% of the time. I'm at the winery 99% of the time, but uh, she's done a great job of just growing that business. And being in the hay market is incredible. It's a great spot to be. Uh, there's a lot of great opportunities. Um, it's really grown down there. Plus, we get to meet people from all over the world, which is a, is a lot of fun as well. But uh, And then we've taken that a step farther. There used to be a licorice store next to us, and they moved out. And so we thought, let's expand our footprint down there. And and about the same time we were doing that, a little thing called COVID came along. So nothing like expanding your timing is impeccable. Nothing in business, like expanding right? <laughs> your business during a pandemic. But uh, uh, so we've actually got the From Nebraska Gift Shop, the JAV Tasting Room, our cider house, and then we expanded to do a we call it the Haymarket Mercantile, and it's got a, it's it's a more traditional gift shop. So there's a lot of great items down there uh, because we had a lot of visitors coming in that wanted Nebraska product. But sometimes when they were here, they wanted to take something else home, and, and that maybe didn't fit in. Plus, we wanted to provide a shop where locals could come as well and not just get Nebraska products but find other cool stuff. And then, as you mentioned, that we have a, a, a year-round Christmas uh, area down there as well, which is really cool. So um, it's a great location, like you said, a great shop. And people walk in and are like, wow, this is kind of a hidden gem in the Haymarket we didn't even know about. So Well, it's awesome. I love when I go in there because – I mean, I, 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 you can buy just about anything in there. It's, it's, there's, you've got cheeses, you've got meats, you've got jerky, you've got coffee, you've got chocolates, you've got wine and cider, you've got t-shirts, you've got wall hangings, you've got gifts. I mean, it's just, it's all around the spectrum, which, which is just, just amazing because you can do a ton of shopping and it's, it's fun, you know, once in a while I'll get online and, you know, send a birthday gift to a friend somewhere else in the country or different things like that. Cause I love to promote and share Nebraska and, you know, support our local businesses. So talk about just kind of talk about that shipping piece, because I've been down there around Christmas time and it looks like you have a UPS warehouse out in front of your store on the dock waiting for the UPS folks to show up to pick everything up. 
No, I, we try to make it as simple as possible. So if you walk into the store down there and say, hey, I want to send a box of Nebraska products to my aunt or uncle in anywhere uh, here in, in the United States, we'll take care of them from start to finish. We can put the basket together. We can get all the postage. We can ship it out. So, um, you know, Christmas time for us is an incredibly busy time. Like most retailers, that's when we make most of our, our profit is during that holiday season. And so starting usually about the middle of October, we start getting orders in uh, from corporations that want to send, you know, four or 500 boxes and, and shipments to their clients or to their employees or whatever the case may be. Um, and, and we love it when local businesses use us to send local products. And that's something we really try to promote. And like you said, uh, it's it's something that they can share a little bit of Nebraska with other people that don't have a lot of knowledge about all the great things that we can we can create here in Nebraska. So, yeah, it does. We we uh, in fact, um, this time of the year, I'm not at the winery as much. I'm downstairs or downtown packing boxes and <laughs> and uh, doing whatever the boss tells me to do down there. But sometimes you come down on the dock and there'll be seventy or eighty packages sitting outside waiting for FedEx to pick up, and that's cool to see. And and I'll be honest, you know, during the pandemic, we never closed our doors at either business. We we changed how we did business. But even downtown, uh, sometimes I got a little touch and go. But the thing that saved us was people really took shop local to heart. And that Christmas season, when we were at the height of the pandemic, people were shipping and sending packages. They'd call us and we could take care of everything. That really did save us. And uh, so we were grateful for that and, and grateful that people did decide to shop local and um, and hopefully we did a good job, and they'll come back. And, and so far this season, we're getting a lot of repeat customers, so we'll see what happens. That's great. And you mentioned, I think, two things in there that hopefully we can really stress to our listeners. Uh, number one is, you know, if you're a corporation and you want to give out gifts to maybe it's your employees or even even other people, your, uh, you know, your customers or whatever, um, this is a great way to do it. And I... I I'm glad you touched on that businesses buying gifts for their employees because I'm seeing a lot more of that and where a business will buy a gift box for all their employees or what have you, like a box of meat or, you know, some things. I mean, you guys got the amazing chocolates over there that are are very popular with my friends uh, all over the country. But you give that great opportunity for them to do that. So for our listeners out there, you know, if you haven't checked them out and you're looking for something for your employees for Christmas, I think that's absolutely a great way to go. And, you know, if you're a company that needs to take care of your customers, it's also another great way to go. And and we, we're a great uh, conduit for that. Like you just mentioned chocolate. That's Baker's Chocolate. Um, you know, we do a lot of popcorn. We do the jams, the jelly. So we're representing small businesses across Nebraska and really helping them promote their product as well. And and I love it when people come to us. But I even if it's not us, I just encourage if you're going to give gifts during the holiday season, especially especially corporate gifts, that corporate to corporate gift, I mean, there's a lot of great Nebraska opportunities. You know, you don't need to go onto Amazon or go out and buy something from other state, some other country. There's a lot of great opportunities right here in Nebraska, um, and we'd love to we'd love to do that. But again, going directly to those Nebraska companies and using their their uh, their products is is a great idea. Well, it's fun. I when I was traveling around the country in a former life. Um, I would send gifts to people around the country, and I always love to share Nebraska products because 
they would always give me a hard time because the football team was terrible, <laughs> but I always had to watch the games. Um, but, you know, uh, but I would share Nebraska products because they know I'm very Nebraska proud. I'm very proud of where I come from and, and the products that we have. And and it's amazing. Um, you know, last last fall I sent out a, a a gift box to a friend of mine for their birthday, and um, I sent a bottle of the Edelweiss, and I got a text back, and it was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. But here's the cool part, and I don't think I ever told you this story. So my friend is opening up this box and, you know, going through it and got a little misty-eyed because her grandfather's name was James Arthur. And so she actually kept the bottle after she drank it, which went pretty quickly, apparently. <laughs> um, but but she kept the bottle because so you never know just kind of that touch that you can make with somebody. But um, be Nebraska proud. Share these Nebraska products. Now, the most important thing you need to do, other than you've already said that Barb runs everything. The second most important thing to do. What's your website? Let's get this website out to our listeners so that they can reach out and check out your website and look at gift boxes. You bet. James Arthur Vineyards is jamesarthurvineyards.com. Uh, from Nebraska stores, from ne.com. And, uh, or you just Google from Nebraska gift shop and it'll take you right to the, to the webpage. Um, or James Arthur Vineyards. And, and uh, we do ship wine from the winery during the holidays as well. Uh, we have our big uh, holiday wine coming out here which is crazy. Uh, we go through a lot of that uh, sleigh bell blush and Santa's secret during the holidays. <laughs> and people love to ship that to friends and family for the holidays. And uh, we, you know, Barb and I, we both love uh, the Christmas season. And so we, there's a lot of es- extra special attention that we give to things that we do during the, the, you know, the Thanksgiving, the Christmas season, because it's also a very important uh, uh, time of the year for us. But uh, yeah, like I said, the From Nebraska gift shop has a lot of great opportunities and, and some really, really cool stuff. One of the things that I wanted to ask you, Jim, was yeah. uh, how many vendors that are producing products made in Nebraska are, do you work with? And, and how, how is that? I mean, you, you've got the retail outlet, but you're also a, a creator in, in the wines. But you're bringing together a lot of other Nebraska small businesses into this retail and, and e-commerce uh, world. Well, that's a great question. I've never added it up or quantified it, but I, I bet we're working with at least 100 to 150 different businesses that we buy product through and then at wholesale. And then, of course, we can put together baskets or sell those straight out or whatever the case may be. Um, now, we get a lot of requests from, from, from uh, businesses, but, uh, uh, you know, they have to have all the 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 – you know, you, you just can't throw some popcorn in a box and say, hey, you, can you sell this for us? They've got to go through all the proper channels as well sure. to get all their products uh, to us and the packaging and all of that good stuff because packaging has to have certain requirements as well. But, yeah, easily we work with well over 100 different vendors. So that that, that is another uh, way that it, it makes Nebraska, uh, helps Nebraska, keeps all of this in this process. So sure. The other thing that I, I just, I've got to mention here that we haven't really made note of. We talked about, you talked initially about the what small business means to a community. But small businesses are also employers. Absolutely. And How many employees do you have? We have about eight full-time at the winery, a lot of part-time seasonal help. Downtown we have uh, one full-time manager, but then we have a lot of seasonal help down there as well. 
Um, so, and, and that's probably, you know, that's probably our biggest, uh, challenge right now is, is help. And we're seeing that not only in our business, but across the board, I'll give you a great example of that. There's a lot of our baskets. We have a, a vendor, um, and they're actually out of, out of state, but we have somebody that makes the state of Nebraska a basket out of the state of Nebraska. And we order all oh, for the Christmas season. We order up to a thousand or 1200 of those baskets, and we called to make the order this year, and they couldn't get those to us until after Thanksgiving wow. because they just didn't have the employees to do that. When you when you advertise for part-timers, don't ask uh, advertise for a part-time position. Say, we're looking for somebody that wants a side hustle because we talked <laughs> or about... Or some gig work. And some gig work, yeah. yeah well, we, we just talked about that in the first section, so... Yeah, we, we... I mean, and we've been blessed with the employees that we've had, all our full-time employees, especially at the winery. I mean, they've been with us for years. I mean, our vineyard manager's probably been with us 18, 19 years. Our tasting room manager's been with us for almost five. Our sales guy's been with us for 20. I mean, so, um, and that's an important thing about being a small business owner is that, you know, you treat your customers right, you treat your employees right, and you're going to be successful. And we tell everybody um, that works for us or helps us out on the weekends or during the week that anybody that walks through our front door is, is part of our family and they're part of our family and it's just one big family and that's so very important but yeah it's it's uh it's a side hustle it's a side gig for a lot of these part-timers plus it's a lot of fun to pour wine you know as, as you can say hey, i work at a winery lots and of fun so, experiences. Uh, but it's it's been it's been a lot tougher to get to get uh to, to find to find part-time help well, and I think Jim touched on one other thing, and the the experiences that they put together out there at the winery, you know, um, I've been to murder mystery dinners out there, which are a riot. Um, if you, you know, and Jim, Jim is the writer of the murder mysteries, so they're always fun and they have a little local flavor. Um, I haven't been one to, to one yet where the Leba CEO has been kicked killed off but you know that may happen you never know you never know <laughs> we'll see but the the experience but also you have the experience i think you guys have an experience at the store as well because frequently we'll see people come in and they'll be sitting at those tables or sit out front and they'll have a little bit of wine and maybe some cheese or chocolates or whatever and just kind of relax so these experiences i mean maybe even an opportunity for a christmas party or something like that with your employees yeah, that's a great, great point. And, you know, our experiences at the winery, we do live music, uh, a lot of live music out there, especially during the summertime. And we always use local, local musicians. Uh, there's such a great music scene here in Lincoln. And we, in fact, you know, I wish we could do more of it because we're getting requests all the time from, from local musicians that want to play out there. And so just little things like that. A lot of the special events like this coming up here in November, we're doing a a, a paint yourself silly paint a wine bottle for the holidays you know and we lo use a local company for that um so we try again not only just to provide those experiences with james arthur vineyards but to bring other local folks into it downtown like i said earlier being in the hay market it's just a great nebraska experience and we're in a great location right there at eighth and q and uh especially on game days it's just a fun people watching place uh to watch uh to watch folks go by but uh yeah, and, and the other thing about game days, it's amazing. You mentioned it earlier, but people don't realize it's amazing how much the success of the football team drives the economy in the city, and we see it at the store. When they're doing well and they're winning, um, sales are up. When they aren't doing as well, <laughs> sales aren't as good. Uh, the only saving grace this year has been that a lot of uh, 
A lot of fans have come from the opposing teams. Oklahoma fans, man, they like to spend money. That was awesome. So, and again, we've we got to share Nebraska with them, and they were buying a lot of great Nebraska products to take back to Oklahoma. So, that's one of the uh, again one of the advantages that we have down there is that we get to meet so many interesting people, not only from around this area, around this region, but you know other other parts of the world. Yeah, and it's fun to watch their expressions when they try Nebraska products or say. And I, number one, I didn't know you could grow wine in Nebraska. Or I didn't know they made these great chocolates or, you know, popcorn. And, and Mark, that's a good point, Mark. This last week, my son went up and, and loaded up our pickup with popcorn from Valentine, you know. And, and people are like, <laughs> they make popcorn up in Valentine's? Like, here it is. There you go. Well, well that's, that's it, really it's awesome. It's a little known fact that Nebraska is one of the largest uh, producers oh, of popcorn. Oh, popcorn, yeah. yeah. Especially in that Grand Island, Aurora yeah. area, there's tons of popcorn. Well, and what you're doing is you're really – promoting small business and local business which is awesome with all the products that you guys have out there and all the things that you're doing it's it's amazing so uh stop down and see uh barb ballard tell her bud sent you in she'll laugh and get a good <laughs> chuckle uh but stop in from nebraska gift shop down at eighth and q or go out to the winery uh and check things out and and support these local businesses because they're they're they are huge drivers in our local economy. And if you're going to shop online this year, you need to shop online at... FromNE.com. And? And JamesArthurVineyards.com. Yeah, so we're not going to say you can't, shouldn't shop online. Shop local, even if it's online Correct. or in person. So, Amen. Thanks, guys. Jim, Thanks a lot, Jim. Appreciate it. And, uh, Bud, just one quick thing coming up uh, on the 15th. It is the next Liba lunch, and people that can't make it or are not Liba members can watch the Facebook Live. Correct. Got a great, on uh, Tuesday guest. the 15th, we're going to have Dr. Paul Gosman from the Lincoln Public Schools. Um, he's been in, in town for about six months now. We're going to get him to come and talk about his vision and what's happening at LPS. You've been listening to the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio, reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with Leva President and CEO and our special guest today, Jim Ballard, I'm Mark Vale. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com.